Welcome to the People Priority Podcast, where we dig into topics that help you show up as your best self for you and your circle of influence. I'm your host, Julie Schneers, a teacher turned speaker, team culture consultant, and leadership growth coach who loves people. Join me every week for conversations that will motivate, educate, and hopefully just inspire you to grow through the power of communication, connection, and confidence. Because you and your people, you're worth it. Hey guys, today we're going to talk about eight qualities that can help create invested people in your space. Now, to be fully transparent, I do not believe that there are strict leadership qualities that define the best leader. Matter of fact, in one of my executive coaching uh, calls, I had that leader ask me, Julie, just tell me what the leadership standards are. I just want to know what they are so that I can get better at those standards. And the reality is there is no standard to leadership. That's where I stand. It's a hill that I will stand on tall and proud because I just don't believe that every group of people are built exactly the same. I do not believe that every organization or team or company needs the exact kind of leader. I mean, that's puppetry, right? There's there's definitely some ebbs and flow. I know that there's qualities like you need to be honest, you need to be kind. Though I, we can all probably cuss and discuss and go back and forth on what we think those top leadership qualities are and all have valid points. But I'm not saying that there is an exact formula to being the perfect leader, despite popular belief. However, in my experiences in working with organizations, I have found that the eight qualities that we're going to talk about today are the ones that make the most impact in creating a team that is invested in your space. And isn't that what we want as a coach, as a parent, as a CEO? You want your people to be invested because that's what's going to get the best results. That's what's going to create the most success. That's what's going to build the family that you're proud of, right? Like whatever kind of leader you are, your investment in them is what's going to create investment from them. So you get what you give, something that I also always say, but there is no standard to leadership. These are just eight qualities that I've seen the most success with. There are eight qualities that I have watched companies soar when they started working a little bit harder on them. So what are they? What are these eight words? And you know, what's funny is I really, the, this podcast, Communication, Connection, Confidence, I really sit in the C's. All of these are also C's. Uh, maybe it's the teacher in me, but I, I hope that it helps you kind of get rooted in how impactful you can be with just utilizing some of these qualities. Okay, number one is clarity. And, you know, we did a previous podcast on clarity. So go back and find that uh, in the episodes if you're interested in that one. But I think the very first thing that every organization needs is clarity. Clarity in what their plan is, clarity on the path to get there. Like, what is that goal? What does success look like? And, and one of the things that I love doing with companies is creating our focus. So what is your team focus? What is your company focus? And the thing about clarity is if the leader is the only one with clarity, 
how in the world are your people going to work with you in accomplishing said goal? They're not. So that is why that's probably the majority of the work I do. I come in and I help teams build their focus pillars because people are like, well, I don't really even know what's most important to our company. Okay, well, then let's have a conversation about what that looks like. But I think the key part of what I just said there is let's have a conversation. That conversation with your people is what brings your people on board. If you're the only one with clarity of vision, then people don't know what they're fighting for. They don't know what they're working towards. Um, you, You can't just lead by example without anybody knowing where you're going and just hoping they'll always follow suit. It might work sometimes, um, but it isn't going to work always with organizations and companies and school districts. You've got to have a, these are our focus pillars. This is what's most important to us. And this is the goal that we're fighting for. And everyone has to know what that is. And it's even better when everyone was a part of the conversation that built that focus and helped create that clarity. And when I build out team focuses, my my favorite thing to do is really get everybody in the room, which sometimes is hard. And I've done it with teams as big as 300, which is difficult. We have to break up into small groups. It does look different. Um, but I've also done it where, you know, leadership and I visited and then our whole big team. So, so there's ways to, to get everybody uh, to be a part of the conversation. So, and I've worked with all kinds, all shapes and sizes of organizations and companies and school districts. So really, and and little families, I mean, you you can do this as a church family even, Um, but but what does that look like in getting everybody in the room and everybody a part of the conversation could look different. But my favorite thing to do is let everybody be able to say out loud, this is what we see in our company or our culture. And this is what we would like to see in our company and culture. And then have those hard conversations so that clarity does become a part of the solution. And those conversations are going to look like, they might look a little gross at first. Like, okay, I, I want our space to be successful in this way. Why? And let's talk about the pain points of why that's so important. And then what does success look like? Really defining what success looks like. And then how do we create a plan of action that's going to create a clear path to accomplish that goal, uh, but clarity. Clarity is definitely where you need to start so that everybody knows where we're going and people are invested in where you're going. Number two is your character as a leader. You can't outlead bad character. You just can't. Just like I can't outrun eating 20 cookies a day. It, it doesn't work that way. If you have poor character, your people are not going to be invested in what you're trying to do in your space. Matter of fact, I used to um, do coaching clinics for other coaches in my field. (laughs) People would be like, well, how, how do you get so many kids to work so hard? I work real hard alongside of them. If we're gonna dig ditches, I'm gonna dig ditches. That's not the kind of coach I was. We didn't actually have to work in the field, but just example. If I'm going to ask you to put in a little extra time, I've already put in double. If I'm going to ask you to come in for lunch, I'm, I'm going to also take care of your meal because I'm going to be sitting with you in that space and I'm going to make it worth your while because that's what I would want, right? And, and so when I would have coaches in these clinics ask me, well, how do you build positive kids? My kids have such an attitude. Reality is you get what you give. 
you're going to draw people in that mirror and accept your behaviors. So if you are a negative Nancy, plan to draw in negative Nancy's. This is why as a leadership coach, I am so adamant in we can all benefit from personal growth and coaching because you are always growing as an individual, especially if you're in a leadership role, if you want to be your best self. And being able to show up as your best self is where you have to start. If you are falling apart as a leader, that's going to bleed off onto other people. If you are a negative Nancy, naturally, you're going to attract negative Nancys. If you are not honest, you're going to create a culture of people who are not honest. And that may feel like a duh thing, or it may feel like a stab. You don't know my job. You don't know what I have to do as a leader. Like, I, I, get, I get it. There's possibilities of argumentation there. But I'm here to tell you, you're going to get what you give. And you being able to be the kind of person that you want in your company is vital. So ask yourself, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what does that look like? Am I a trustworthy person? Am I a kind person? Am I honest in my business deals? Am I willing to put in the work like I'm asking my kids or my uh, employees or my clients to do? You're going to get what you give. What kind of character do you have? What kind of character do you lead with? And if you're thinking right now, I've got some personal goal setting to do, then good for you. Because you know what number three is? It's be coachable. This is one that you aren't going to hear in a lot of places, but having spent a lot of time grooming leaders for 13 years, the best leaders that I worked with were the ones who were willing to ask what they could do to grow. They were the ones willing to be flexible and not think that their way was the only way. They were the most self-aware. They were the ones who didn't believe that they knew everything. And I think that that is a leadership issue. If you are in leadership, sometimes you feel the heaviness of, I've got to know all the answers and I've got to be able to do all the things because that's my job. And people look to me to be able to answer all the questions perfectly. Friends, that's a lot of pressure. And that translates to every world also. Even as a parent, if you're leading your home and you're telling yourself, I have to be perfect at everything and I have to know all the things and I have to at least pretend like I have all the answers. Let me, let me just go ahead and tell you, you are training your children or your team to pretend that they're okay when they're not also. So that, that's a heavy hitter. And you're also teaching them that you can't step up until you're perfect. You can't lead until you know all the answers. And that's going to create a whole culture or mentality of people who are not willing to be okay to step up when maybe they're being called to lead or step up when they are the best person in the room to be a leader or say no to something in a leadership style way when everyone around them saying yes, and it's not the thing to do. It's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to not have all the right answers because you are self-aware and willing to grow and you are coachable. Being coachable means you're not acting with ego. You're acting with this self-awareness that you have growth opportunities too. 
And how beautiful, if you are leading with example, that your people in the space see that and go, oh man, even my CEO leads with the hand of there's growth opportunity. Well, that must mean as that incredible leader has personal growth opportunity that I have personal growth opportunity. You are creating an entire culture of people who are continuing to grow and show up as their best self because they're they're always working on who they can be and how they can better themselves. How beautiful would that be? When you're thinking about your invested people, that's kind of that's the kind of people that you want. So be coachable, be willing to be self-aware. And you know what that means in the, the corporate world or, or even the school district world? You're willing to do a 360 evaluation. You're willing to ask your people on an anonymous survey what your strengths and weaknesses are as a leader, what you you should be working on as a company, uh, hearing from them things that are working and not working. And that takes you being willing to hear from your people and use that information as personal growth. But the leader who's not willing to do a 360 evaluation are usually the leaders who struggle with their people the most. So full transparency from what I see in the companies that I work with, having a mindset of being coachable, that can be a difference maker. Okay, number four is be creative. Isn't that a strange one too? Be creative because, and this links to being coachable, we all have strengths and weaknesses. And as a leader, being able to see what your people's strengths and weaknesses are, as well as your strengths and weaknesses is a game changer in utilizing your people to the best of their ability, which makes them feel fulfilled, and to your ability because it's going to pour into your company or your school or your team in new ways. Now, here's the thing. A team is not always going to be the same group of people from year to year, right? Like there's going to be this change in, 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 people coming and going from your space. And if you're a teacher, them graduating off the team or even as a parent, as your children grow up, right? So there's going to be this need to be a little fluid in strengths and weaknesses changing and people's abilities to shine light in new ways being an opportunity for them. Or if someone new comes on and you see that they have a different strength being able to utilize that differently or letting someone else move in and out of a job or change their job a little or change their spot on the team because you're trying to grow that weakness or you're you're trying to highlight that strength that takes creativity it takes flexibility but it creates it creates this opportunity to celebrate your people because of their strengths and creativity calls us to think about ways to do things differently And that might mean change. It might mean that you just have the ability to pivot and you can creatively do that. It also can mean that you're more inspirational because you creatively think about ways to take care of your people. So being creative is a really great asset because with creativity comes a little bit of flexibility. And of course, inspiration doesn't start with a C, but I do think that it fits in this space. And I think it's really important as a leader, just to highlight that for just a second, to be inspirational uh, and motivational to your people, which does mean back to what we started with when I said creativity, looking at your strengths and your weaknesses. All right. So 
in order to know people's strengths and weaknesses, what do you have to do? You have to get to know them, right? You have to know your people well enough to know what their strengths and weaknesses are, which leads us to number five, and that's connection. Building relationship, building relationships with your community is such an important part of leadership. It is and a crucial part of building a team of people that will invest in your space, right? What did I say in the very beginning? You have to invest in your people if you want invested people. So connection is crucial. If you want invested people, you cannot get away from it. And one of the things that I hear as a, an argument from leaders who are working on that is I don't have time. I'm here to tell you I get it. I go back to back meetings most days. I totally get it. But what does it look like to connect with your people that can change from space to space? But what does it look like if you never connect with your people? And that's a dark place to sit. I want to take this from the perspective of you're leading your home, okay? So connecting with your team at home, with your circle of influence as a mom, means that you are, you're looking at how you connect with your kids, with your spouse, with your immediate family. Well, if you don't make attending your kiddos games a priority, if you don't make baking cookies for their school bake-off because that's the, your daughter's favorite thing to do is to actually bake the stuff with you and not just buy it from HEB. If you don't make that a priority, I want you to know that down the line, the kids are not going to make you a priority. One of the most hard-hitting conversations that I had with a dear, dear friend whose children are older than I am, I'm 38 for the record, she, she told me, she said, I built really independent children because I was so busy with my job. She said, but Julie, now my independent children, they just don't call me very much. And listening to her say that was heartbreaking and also eye-opening. If I want my kids to call me later, how am I investing in them now? And I'm not saying I'm doing it perfectly but I am saying it's something that we have to be intentional with. I am saying that building relationships translates to every space and every circle of influence that you have. If I want my people in my workspace to be willing to stay late, how have I poured into that relationship before I just demanded they stay late? If I want my students to put a little more heart in on the court, how have I shown up for them in ways that make them want to follow, make them want to step up, make them want to work harder? Because just telling people to work harder and just telling people to step up and stay late, that does not win investment. And you can require people be in a space at a certain time, but that is also not investment. That is, that's how you build quiet quitters. If you want invested people, you are going to have to connect. And you know what connection does is it builds community. 
a community of people that are going to step up for you in ways that you never dreamed. And of course, this is where I get really, really preachy because it's what I spend a ton of my keynote time on is connection and communication, which are the, the one we're on and the next one. But having relationships, that connection, it is crucial that we make our people, literally the podcast name, we make our people the priority and not our to-do list and not just those goals. Because as an organization, as a team, we are accomplishing goals together, which does mean together is not alone. Leadership is a real lonely place. And let me tell you, you're not a leader if you look back and no one is following you. So what makes your people follow you? That's not just investing in the tasks that we have at hand. That's investing in the community that you're building. So connection is crucial. And with connection, you you not only learn those strengths and weaknesses that you can utilize in every space, you also are going to be able to build empathy for the person that you are working with that might need a little more empathy. You're going to learn what kind of relational nutrients, what, what do they need in order to do their best work? Do they need affirmation or do they need help developing a plan or do they need some comfort when they're frustrated? Like being able to know what your people need all boils down to connecting, but connection will get you a lot of really great results, just like communication will. Now, we've talked about it in other podcasts. You can go back and look. uh, But the three codes of a message for communication, and I'm not going to deep dive into them, but I am going to share, are verbal, nonverbal, and vocal. Now, those three codes are super interesting and cross-apply to every type of communication. Matter of fact, I was doing an interview workshop just the other day, and we were talking about how the three codes of a message apply to you walking into an interview even. Um, In conflict, when I talk about conflict, the three codes of the message, they link to how we deal with conflict because our messaging comes from what we say, verbal, how we say it, vocal, and what accompanies our message are all those nonverbals, which make up 55% of your message. The majority of your message comes from your nonverbal communicators. Now, those are, in case you, you aren't sure, let me just share them out real fast. They're your body language, your facial expressions, your eye contact, your proxemics, your space, your haptics, your touch, your appearance, and your gestures. So those are the seven nonverbal communicators that make that up. So in communication, do you do a great job of holding eye contact with the people that you're having conversations with? Do you think about what your face looks like when someone's telling you something really important or something that's frustrating you? Are you a person who habitually stands with your arms crossed when people need to talk to you? Those are nonverbal communicators that send strong messages. So in looking at how we communicate with our people, it's important to think about all three of those. But communication also leads to how well do you collaborate? Now, there are times as a leader, you might have to say, because this is what's necessary. I think a real good example of that as a parent is because I said so, which I really hate actually using that a ton. I, I think that it's not good strategy. And I think that that, that translates into other leadership spaces uh, because I said so mentality is, is never going to win over people. But there are times that you say, you know, when I say 
stop running because running through the street when there's a car coming could get you killed. I mean, there are types of respect that that will come with, I need you to do this because I'm telling you to do this. And I, you can't ask why when you're in the middle of the street and a car is coming, but that's going to be back to a connection. That's going to be built in. Well, I trust when she's saying stop running in a, in a way that makes me feel like I really need to stop running. Uh, then I'm going to trust her and not just ask why. So if you've got the kid who's always like, but why, but why you need to do a little more connecting um, so that your communication can be what you guys need it to be. But it also might mean there's strengths and weaknesses there that you have to tap into and be creative in uh, how you guys work together and how you communicate. I hope that translated from the family life to the business life. Okay. Because it does. You don't want to just lead with, I told you to do this and your people back to clarity. They don't know why. They don't understand what the plan was. They don't understand what the goal was. They don't understand why it's impactful to their job or to the company. Um, they're just a to-do list checker. Well, that that means lack of clarity, lack of connection. And, and, and then you've got, again, quiet quitters. And we aren't talking about that today. We're talking about invested people. So how you communicate will be impactful in how you get people to invest in your messaging. So collaboration is part of that. You know what else communication really links to is conflict. And if you are working with human beings, there's going to be conflict. Again, there's another episode about that, so feel free to dig. But conflict is definitely a communication piece that if you aren't able to navigate well, can keep people from being invested. But it's part of communication. It's part of people. It's part of creating invested people. All right, number seven is confidence. Now, my three C's, when I, my, my signature keynote, I talk about communication, connection, and confidence. And I really believe that communication and connection leads to confidence. But what do I mean when I say confidence is one of the top eight qualities that you're going to need as a leader in order to create invested people? What I really mean by that is not just in, I feel that I can do this, I can pull this off, because I do think you need that. But I also mean just courage. Courage is required to be a leader. Courage is required to get people to invest in your team. Because courage might mean you have to step up in different ways. Courage might mean that you have to accept or navigate uncomfortable change. So if I have courage, that might mean that I'm having to say yes or no to things that don't feel perfectly comfortable. So why would you have confidence in that space all boils down to your why as a leader. So as an individual, why are you confident in your leadership skills? Why are you confident in the decisions that you're making? Those being rooted in who you are as a leader are important. And your people being able to see your confidence and appreciate your courage will help them be confident in you as a leader. Now, I want to take that one step further because I also think it's really powerful to build confidence in your people. If my people are confident in their ability to do their job, 
or work in their strengths the way I see their strengths and in, in the way that I know that they can pour into our team, pour into those goals as an organization, well, that's going to create invested people. If they are confident in what they can do, because I did a good job of building them there as a leader and showing them what that could look like, then I'm going to have more investment from them. Confidence is just a really great game changer. So asking yourself, you know, how can we navigate that differently? How do I need to navigate that differently is important. All right, number eight goes without saying all of these pieces have to have some commitment. Commitment that you model. And again, I said, you get what you give. The same thing there. Commitment is really important to accomplishing any goal, whether it's I'm going to redo this project by, I don't know, I'm going to remodel my garage. I'm going to lose 10 pounds, whatever it is. You've got to have commitment to it. Same thing with accomplishing the goals that you have as an organization, a team, a school, a family. But commitment has to be modeled by you. Now, I'm going to say that, and you may have somebody who just doesn't fit your workspace and really and truly, they're not going to give you commitment because they they don't find passion in what they're doing and they plan on leaving anyway. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that all of these eight don't make a perfectly invested person, but in order to get your best out of your people, you have to do your best in investing in your people, knowing that you can't control them because again, they are people. But clarity with commitment can lead to solving problems. It can lead to finding success in your space because commitment is what helps accomplish those goals. Now, a clarity is going to give you the plan to get there, but commitment is necessary as well. All right, so there they are. There are the top eight qualities that I think are really impactful in throwing into your leadership, uh, especially if you are wanting invested people. They are clarity, your character, being coachable, be creative, connection, communication, confidence, and commitment. My three key takeaways are those eight big qualities, those eight target pieces that we have spent a little bit of time digging into. But I also want you to remember key takeaway number two, that investing in your people is what's going to get you invested people. And then I also want to say number three key takeaway, if you've heard nothing else, nothing worth doing is easy. And I know leadership isn't easy. There's nothing easy about being a good leader, but nothing worth doing is easy. Okay, so the challenge for the week, this week's focus, I challenge you to think about these top eight and pick one, just one. Pick one of these qualities and maybe they're the, maybe it's the one that you're the weakest at. Let's be real, real about that. Pick the one that you want to spend some time developing and create a plan to work on that one. If it's overwhelming to hear all eight of them, pick one. Pick one that you think could be your ticket to success, maybe is your weakest one, maybe is the one that you've kind of already started working on a plan before, so now you're just going to follow through. Create a plan for clarity. Dedicate, commit to it, right? And, and figure out ways that you can implement that quality, that goal 
throughout your week with your people and see what kind of difference it makes. All right, we're, we're not going to end without a good quote. You know me by now. Here's the quote of the day by Beverly Sills. There are no shortcuts to any place worth going. I hope you have a great week and I hope you enjoy working on your own leadership skills this week with those eight qualities. All right, see you next time. Thanks for listening and being my people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hook me up with a five-star review wherever you're listening right now. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the People Priority Podcast. They don't miss out on more tips, tricks, and important reminders. All right, I'll see you next week.